One thing seniors often will have said to me, uh, and especially English seniors, I want a sense of belonging, uh, and especially in our political situation, and it had eased off, but you know, it seems to be starting to resurface again a bit, the language issue. Um, just because I'm 65 doesn't mean put me out pasture. I still have value. I want to be accepted as an independent individual who has managed their life, contributed all the way along. And just all of a sudden, because I either have a health issue at the moment or I'm going through a bumpy situation, uh, doesn't mean I, I'm no longer capable. So there's all those factors. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe, the place to learn more about how to navigate the healthcare system and how to take care of your health in plain language. I'm your host, Nikita, a health educator with a passion for making sure people understand the information that's shared with them. Our guest today is Ms. Ruth Pelletier. Ruth is the founder of an organization called Seniors Action Quebec in Canada and is an active volunteer with the organization. Today, she shares some of the needs and challenges of seniors. Grab your warm drink and let's get to the episode. Hi, Ruth. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe. Thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yes. Could you please introduce yourself for the audience? Well, I'm Ruth Pelche. As you can see, I'm a senior and uh, I have been a community activist and uh, I guess an advocate for the underdog uh, since the uh, late 60s, be it welfare rights, be it consumer protection. Uh, I did some radio work. I've always felt that um, it, we can make a difference in people's lives if we get involved. And I particularly have seemed to have done this full circle. I first came to Montreal from a small community in Lower Laurentians. There wasn't job opportunities, so I came to the big city. And my first real job was at the uh, Verdun Protestant, now known as the Douglas Hospital in geriatrics. And uh, done other kinds of advocacy throughout the years of my life. And um, now I'm involved with doing uh, volunteers found at Seniors Action Quebec, and I'm an active volunteer with them and organize community events and uh, information conferences and webinars now with COVID. And um, I think my interest with seniors has been because I was predominantly raised by a grandmother. Oh, that's nice. What inspired you to start Seniors Action Quebec? Well, I felt that there was a, a definite need. There had been several focus groups carried out through the Quebec Community Groups Network. And one of the issues that were raised was the um, lack of a voice for English-speaking seniors. Um, we're more vulnerable than the majority community because a lot of the adult children have left the province in order to find employment or many years ago because of the political situation. And so uh, there was a definite gap and also to ensure and enhance, promote an active lifestyle for them, uh, but to ensure that they received the services, especially when it came to healthcare, literature on security, uh, safety measures, health measures, and uh, legal matters. Oh. Fantastic. That's a big mandate. 
So what would you say, Ruth, are some of the needs and challenges of seniors? You know, there are many. The list is almost endless. Uh, and I think because, you know, we're seeing more and more older people, uh, certainly due to COVID and the horrific situation that rose uh, in the long-term care facilities, uh, the broader community at large, um, majority uh, community is now a little more aware of the situation with seniors and what has been lacking continues to lack. The needs are great. Um, you have seniors who are very lonely, they're isolated. They're adapting to life changes, which we all will have to do, and some of us go through it currently. Um, you know, your partner predeceased you, your children have moved away from home, uh, grown up and left home, you're suddenly retired. Uh, you may have to downsize and move out of your home and the community and the support mechanisms around you and the services that you become. You know, you have your favorite store, deep in there, a restaurant to go to. Um, you see your friends are aging and can't do it as much as they used to. Perhaps your finances have changed and you can't participate and get involved as much as you would like to sign up for organized events or activities. Um, your body is changing, your health is changing, your eyesight and vision is changing, your hearing is changing, your mobility, you don't sleep as well. So uh, all those things are major factors. So it can create a lot of isolation, depression, anxiety, and, um, you know, seniors really need to maintain that support network, whatever way they can find it. It's, it's absolutely essential. Okay. How, how do you recommend they maintain that support network? Well, ideally, if we can get them and if they, they have the motivation and the self-esteem and the self-worth and sense of belonging to continue to participate, that's the best way to do it. Even if it means going to Tim's or McDonald's for a cup of coffee or going to your regular uh, dress shop, uh, your hairdresser, uh, getting involved in whatever outside activity you like. There's many, many great organizations that have boomer cafes, they have wellness centers. Uh, they're really there to put on uh, topics of interest topics that are going to help you benefit, be it physically, mentally, uh, and also socially. Um, so participate, and they don't usually cost a lot of money. Uh, you know, the other challenge is, is to have a decent transportation system because they're not all driving anymore um, so that they can get to these events. Uh, but really force yourself uh, to get out Technology, of course, now with COVID is, is your lifeline. Uh, it can keep you connected to your children, your grandchildren, your friends, organizations. Uh, you know, uh, I organize webinars to bring important topics and timely topics to uh, anybody who's interested, be it adult children, caregivers, social workers, uh, healthcare professionals, seniors themselves. Uh, so that can be a real lifeline right now. 
during these circumstances, uh, it's very stressful. Um, it's discouraging because where, you know, hopefully now with the vaccine, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but the numbers are very high. So people worry. And if they don't keep their mind occupied, you know, by doing puzzles or paint by numbers or reading a book or even talking on Zoom, uh, it, it can be overwhelming. Yes. Indeed. So stay involved, stay active and stay connected. You mentioned to me also isolation, depression, as some of the needs and challenges. How can we as caregivers work to help with some of that? I think the key thing is for everybody to be sensitive uh, to what is going on with the senior. As I mentioned, their body is changing. Uh, some of them could be suffering with chronic pain, be it arthritis. They're not sleeping well, so they may not be in the best of humor. So be patient and try to be understanding. Also realize that their mobility or because they're in pain, they may not do things as quickly as you would like them to do. Uh, some of them may be starting to have some dementia issues. Uh, so they don't understand the instruction or the request. Uh, so be patient and, and repeat it and find different ways to do it. You know, find a nice way to talk to them. And, you know, think that could be uh, my grandmother, my mother, that could be an aunt of mine, that may be me one day. Uh, how would you want to be treated? Um, and, and sometimes people withdraw or have difficulty uh, getting around and doing things because they have a vision issue or they have a hearing mm -hmm. issue. Um, so there's all kinds of reasons that could be causing it. And if you're aware or you can find out, uh, that can make help you understand better. Uh, and sometimes it's old age. <laughs> but I, I don't like to put everything, well, it's normal and it's because you're getting old. I'd like to get to the bottom of it. And is there a reason? Is it too much medication? Perhaps the medication isn't working well. Perhaps the medication is causing a blood pressure issue. So you're lightheaded, you're, you're, you're a little clumsy. Uh, so it's to take the time, be sympathetic, be understanding and do your research. I'm thinking do research that might involve some use of technology. So <laughs> now again, again, I guess this is another place where caregiver society at large can assist with helping to show seniors how to do some of this if they don't already know. Yes, and the CLSCs are usually very good. You may have to wait a little while, but they're very good at doing assessments and they have occupational therapists who can come and assess somebody's home and make sure that, you know, it's safe in the shower or the bathtub. Perhaps they shouldn't be using a bathtub. They should have a walk-in shower. Um, maybe they need railings. There's rebates from the government to help people cover the cost of that. Uh, perhaps they need someone to come in and clean their home. And based on your income, there can be uh, methods of you having that work done a little cheaper. You get her an official receipt so you can claim uh, the difference on your income tax. Um, somebody to help you with the cooking so that, you know, 
Uh, if you have bad shoulders and you can't lift the saucepans, you can't bend and lift them out of the cupboard, uh, trying to strain the water could be a, a danger even. Uh, there are services there. It's for people to know where to go and get them. Right. Any tips on where they can look? It sounds like the CLSC might be a place to learn about resources. Your CLSC is a, a, is a good uh, first stop. And sometimes you need a referral from your GP or ge general physician, your family doctor. Uh, and they will do an assessment and... Uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean a social worker, you know, assessing you to place you. Um, we do like to see people stay in their home as long as it's safe and as long as they possibly can. At some point, you may have to face the, uh, the reality that it's no longer safe and you do have to move somewhere else. Uh, but that's not the number one goal. You know, there isn't sufficient rooms and, and places. Uh, so we do like to see people stay at home as long as possible. And so your CLSC can certainly have the occupational therapist because they're the one person who's going to see and give you the tricks of the trade. Like if you've had a hip replacement and you're in a rehab uh, center, it's usually the occupational therapist is going to show you how you can stand and how you can cook uh, so that... Um, you don't hurt yourself, you don't burn yourself, you don't fall. Um, so I would say you're number one. Get hooked into a community organization that is in your community uh, dealing with seniors because they're a wealth of information. They're also a wealth of activities. Uh, and um, they generally have many, many volunteers besides their staff people who they can hook you up with and who could possibly drive you to events and to meetings and that at some point when we can get out of this. But in the meanwhile, they're putting on a great deal of information and events uh, on, on Zoom and on Skype. I just did uh, an event and I will be do, doing another one where I have an entertainer. He's a crooner, he's a professional crooner and he will be singing and entertaining. And it'll be done by Zoom and he'll be in his apartment. He won't be in a club with his band, uh, but he loves to do it. He's excellent. He's almost a Michael Bublé. And um, he sings in English and French. And uh, it's a very nominal fee because he's trying to make a living too because he's been hit badly. Uh, but it's something fun rather than just all the bad news and ne ne negative things. If you know a senior and it seems like they're having trouble taking care of themselves, maybe it's your mom, your grandmom, or just your neighbor, but you think, I really think they need some help, or maybe they need assisted living or something. How do you broach that without offending the person? I think you have to do that extremely carefully. carefully. And we're not the professionally trained experts in this field but we're concerned citizens for our you know our our neighbor or our family member if it's a family member it's a little easier if it's a neighbor it's a little more awkward but there is nothing uh stopping anybody from uh, and see it's so awkward now with covid because we cannot do the face-to-face -face. if we didn't have covid 
I would be saying, you know, find an occasion that the two of you are crossing paths and hi, how are you? And you start with a little bit of a conversation. I've known people who have actually developed a relationship because one has a dog and the other one doesn't and they develop a, a conversation around the puppy and, you know, end up having a conversation and then they're invited for a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Uh, in one region, because we did a three-year uh, project on uh, socially isolated seniors, uh, people actually <laughs> knocked on the door at supper time with a casserole. Now, this is in rural Quebec, and said, hi, I have a casserole, and I have nobody to share it with. Could we share the supper together? And <laughs> you're either going to get a no, or you're going to get a yes, and you pray you get the yes. Um, you know, you see people in McDonald's and Tim's like you used to, and they would be in clusters or they could be somebody sitting alone. You know, find a way to say, hi, how are you? I, I can tell you this summer, because of COVID, I was only out sitting in my terrace. And I have met more of my neighbors. I'm in a condo complex and there's three buildings uh, just sitting out there and people walking by. Oh, bonjour, madame. Hi, how are you? You know, and a couple of them have young kitties and just building a conversation that may be three or four sentences, but eventually. And, and it's just to break the ice and you're not a threat. You're not overbearing. You're not going to be controlling because that's no good. Everybody wants to keep their independence and have their decision-making powers. Like if you go with a senior to a doctor's office, don't take over the conversation with the doctor and ignore the senior who's the patient. That senior has a right to be involved and talk and explain. Uh, you can maybe say, oh, by the way, did you remember you wanted to ask the doctor about? Uh, you know, you, you take a secondary role, but you're there to make notes or remember things that are being said or that should be said so that when the person comes out, they know what had transpired and they don't forget something. Uh, so it's breaking the ice. It's how we did it when we were young and we were teenagers and we were in high school. We, you know, first year into high school and, oh, you know, am I ever gonna meet anybody? Okay. So once you've broken the ice, you've built that rapport, then if you start to notice troubling things about the person that that's already you're in because we're friends is what you're saying okay I like well that. i think you say you know uh you can maybe even draw a comparison of somebody else that you know who is facing something similar oh by the way i uh, was speaking to a friend of mine who's now living in ontario or whatever and they're in a situation that they're on a transition in their life uh, they've been living independently, either in their home where they were with their husband and their family, or they're in an apartment, and they're seriously considering downsizing. Uh, but, you know, what should they do? What should they be looking for? And I've been talking to them. And, you know, you want to have the services that are essential for you. You want to, if you can't drive your car, all of a sudden that you can walk to uh, the services, medical support. Uh, is there a church or synagogue or whatever you belong to? Um, so you can, and how do you downsize and what, you know, she needs some help. So she has to hire somebody to come in. And moving day, well, she's going to have the movers, you know, come a day before and 
things because physically she can't do it. Those kind of things, so you get them talking. There are organizations and there are individuals, companies uh, who do offer to meet with people and assess, well, do you need a two and a half? Do you need a three? Well, do you need a three and a half with a private bedroom? Uh, or do you want that extra bedroom? Is it worth the money? Do you have people that will come and visit and spend a week or two overnight? Or do you have a hobby and an office so you have that room? Uh, it all based on your budget and whatnot. And in generally speaking, uh, that service is free for the client. And it is the place that they rent to, like let's say it's me, I've got uh, visa V uh, involved in my file. They look at several options, I choose one. Well, it's the one that is chosen will pay the fee of visa V. It's not me. Uh, and there's booklets out there on it and that. So it's a question of just knowing where to go and, and, and not be shy uh, to pick up the phone and ask if there, there's some help. Uh, and when you're approaching the person, you know, you can offer these types of things because then it's no longer an acquaintance or a family member or a friend that's directing them. It's somebody who's objective. I like that. So downsizing things to consider, you said, you know, is, is there a place of worship if you, if you attend one? Is oh yeah. Make bank? sure you've got a hospital, a drugstore, a mm -hmm. bank, a post office, okay. things within walking distance. Cause you may be fine and driving your car now, but you may end up with glaucoma or uh, an eye condition, or you may fall and, and hurt your shoulder and uh, you can't drive, you know? Um, so, uh, can you walk to it? Can you get to it or take a cab without breaking the bank? Are there any addictions that seniors suffer with, um, that might surprise the general population or things that we don't know about? Well, I think most people don't look at seniors as being a person with addictions, uh, but there are many addictions and they come in all different sizes and shapes. Uh, addictions can be something, something as well, nothing is simple, but as overeating is an addiction. And why is a person overeating? Are they lonely? Are they bored? Are they depressed? Uh, do they have a health issue? Um, shopping, over shopping, giving them a sense of uh, instantaneous gratification, uh, making them feel good, making them uh, feel as though Life hasn't changed that much. They still can do these things. Uh, and, you know, some can almost, uh, you know, break the bank. Uh, and uh, it's, it's too much stuff in their apartment. And uh, uh, so it's the over shopping, uh, over medicating. Now, over medicating can become, uh, you can fall into that trap very gradually and easily perhaps they're in pain and the pain's not being addressed. So they start by taking pain pills and whatnot. Uh, and then it becomes, well, they can't cope without it. Uh, so over-medicating or they're anxious. Uh, they're not sleeping. So they, you know, start with the sleep medication. Um, alcohol. They're lonely. Oh, well, I'll, I'll have a, a cocktail at, uh, five o'clock on a Friday or a Saturday. 
then all of a sudden it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then it's no longer that, it's every night of the week. Uh, but it's not just, you know, at supper time, around supper time. Then it gets earlier and earlier and earlier in the day. Uh, and that's sort of just easing the unhappiness, the, the emptiness, uh, pain, whatever they're going through. Um, some seniors are so lonely and bored that they're addicted to video machines. Now you can't go out right now. Uh, I've had, had a situation where the lady with her husband uh, and married, had a home, but she would go off every day and go to the video machines. And it was at the point that they were almost ready to lose their home, but he didn't have a clue. He didn't have a clue. She was sitting there at the machines. Uh, so you don't think necessarily of these things, you know. And I guess it's uh, to remove dealing with what is the issue facing them head on, to ease pain or feeling lack of self-esteem, lack of value. One thing seniors often will have said to me, uh, and especially English seniors, I want a sense of belonging, uh, and especially in our political situation, and it had eased off, but the, you know, seems to be starting to resurface again a bit, the language issue. Um, just because I'm 65 doesn't mean put me out pasture, I still have value. Um, I want to be accepted as an independent individual who has managed their life, contributed all the way along. And just all of a sudden, because I either have a health issue at the moment, or I'm going through a bumpy situation, uh, doesn't mean I, I'm no longer capable. So there's all those factors. I would have never guessed um, the video machine one at all. Yeah. And I am I'm curious. I, I how, was did, how did it how did it work out? Do you know if she got to keep the She house? still got the problem. Okay. She still got the problem. Now with COVID, she can't. So right. has it been a horrific uh withdrawal? I don't know. But she's still in her home. She hasn't lost a home. Still in the home at oh, the perfect. moment. And Ruth, how then do we help foster that sense of belonging? Any ideas on on how we help seniors foster their sense of belonging. It's almost the same as, and that sounds terrible, but I don't mean it to sound terrible. I'm trying to show something very practically. You know, when we have a young child and the child, oh, I can't do it anymore, I give up. We always, you're capable, you can, you can, can continue. Um, so-and-so doesn't like me at school. I have no friends. Yes, you do. What are the, how can you make friends? How, you know, uh, perhaps if you have some friends over uh, or you go out for lunch with some friends, it's almost right down to the basics again of, you know, and, and the more that you expose yourself and hopefully you're well-received, and you're listened to because seniors have a lot to offer. They have a lot of life experiences. 
They're probably very practical at this stage of their life. Uh, so we can learn from them. Uh, and you'll notice that in many countries, uh, and even here, like that pro project I told you about, Seenagers, Teenagers and Technology, youth and seniors and young kiddies and seniors get along very well. There's no barriers, there's no judgment. Uh, the senior, <laughs> I became a grandmother the first time when I was 40 and my boss was Jack Curran at CFCF Radio. And I said, oh dear father in heaven, I'm too young to be a grandmother. What are they going to be calling me? I'm not going to be a granny, I had a granny. And they're not going to be nanny because that's my mother with my kids. What am I going to be called? And I remember Jack just laughing and he says, Ruth, having grandchildren will keep you young. And when you're with your grandchildren or young people, you forget your aches and pains and whatever is bothering you and whatever is wrong with the world. And you come right down to basics and it's just acceptance, you know, and, uh, and the kiddies, I think, feel the same way and the youth. And um, so I think we, as a society, we've got to do that, uh, you know, be open to seniors. They're not some third, you know, they're not something out of space. Uh, listen to them because they have some very interesting stories and life experiences. And uh, hopefully the seniors also listen to them and maybe even the uh, give the young person some tips. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I, I find seniors so fascinating. They have so much to share normally. And my oh. favorite part is they're on they're unfiltered, I think, when you get to a certain age. So you really get the truth. It's not buttered over. <laughs> that's, that's true. I'd say I get away with murder with my white hair. <laughs> I play it up all I can. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's just take the barriers down. Yes. Uh, you know, just take them down and... Uh, we're all human beings. We're all going to get there. I can, I can remember being nine and laughing at an aunt saying, oh, you're very old. And she was like 26. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> and if somebody was to say, well, you're very old, I'd probably say, well, yes, you are. But I still have a lot left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ruth, what can seniors do to make their golden years golden? Take care of themselves. Okay. Be a little bit selfish. Uh, stay informed, stay involved, stay active if you possibly can. And uh, I'm a fine one to say that because <laughs> I have some respiratory issues and, and whatnot and arthritis, but, um, but stay active. Even if you can't go out walking five kilometers a day, stay involved. Uh, there are many organizations that would love to have your expertise, love to hear from you, um, and could probably use you on some uh, projects, some event planning, uh, uh, working with some of the youth. The schools could probably use you. And uh, when it's too much and you need to have a day that's just to yourself, don't feel guilty. 
be able mm -hmm. to say no, say, well, I can't do it right now. Uh, and keep those connections. I have friends that I have worked with probably back in like 1967 and 69. And I have stayed connected. I do not close a door. Uh, I'm sort of knowing if you want to find somebody, go to Ruth, she'll, she'll have the resources. Uh, and I try to keep people connected. Uh, and I think it it has it has some value, you know. You can pick up the phone and you can have a chit chat with someone that you haven't spoken to in you know maybe three years, and it's like you you, you just saw them a week ago. Um, but but stay involved, stay involved, and take care of your physical health. Don't accept the excuse and believe the the rationale that people say oh well you're tired and you, you're sore and that's normal because you're older there is a lot of medical services and disciplines out there for for seniors and geriatrics uh be it mental health be it physical and there's also all kinds of services for you know transportation help uh, getting from one place to another, getting involved, financial rebates, um, use them, use them, go check, follow up. That, that's a fantastic list. <laughs> Do you have any tips on how, how seniors can make the most of their medical appointments or navigate their health in general? It's very, it, it's harder these years uh, because I do hear of some who had a, a family doctor for years and years. Family doctors do age as well, and they've retired. And they may not have a, another family doctor, and they're on a list, they're on a list, they're on a list. Um, there are these super clinics, uh, and the Quebec provincial government has a, a listing of them. Uh, the Queen Elizabeth Health Complex is one, urgent care. Right now it's closed because of COVID, but that's one where you can walk in, you know, between 7.30 and uh, five o'clock and, and they're open even on legal holidays. And uh, they're also their imaging department is, I used to work there. Their imaging department is open 365 days a year, but during the legal holidays, the hours are condensed a bit. Instead of it being 7.30 in the morning, they may open at 10. And instead of closing at 7 at night, they may close at 4. Um, uh, get yourself on a list uh, to get a GP for sure. Uh, also, the CLSC. It's a very good connection. You can get blood work done there. You can see an occupational therapist. You can get physiotherapy done there. Um, so it, it's, it's a good thing. And our community, the English speaking community, uh, we're very bad. I think we've improved over the last couple of years, but we were very, very hesitant to use the local community service centers, CLSCs. Uh, but I think people are now getting more into the groove of going to them. Um, uh, and when you've got a good doctor, <laughs> use them. <laughs> Yeah. I one thing you mentioned too was um 
take somebody to your appointment, but don't let them overpower you in that appointment. I, that sounded like a key tip as well. It, it, it's very, very important because it, it almost strips the senior of their, their worth. Uh, because, well, you're, you're old now and you're going to forget and uh, uh, you don't know what you're doing, so we're going to take total charge. Uh, you almost do need to have an advocate in many cases uh, in the hospital setting. Uh, so certainly it does not hurt to ha have a family member, a longtime friend who knows you well, uh, who can be there. <clears throat> And, you know, they respect your confidentiality. Uh, always have a list uh, beforehand of your questions. My aunt told me that many, many, many moons ago, probably 40 years ago, 50 years ago. And she made a list. And I used to sort of poo-poo it, but it's very, very true because you forget. Uh, always, always get your drugstore to run off. And when you ask them for it, get several copies always have in your purse a copy of your up-to-date medications that you're taking because every doctor, every clinic will ask you for it. So it saves a lot of headaches, a lot of time, and you're equipped. Um, have this person with you and say, you know, I'm going to see my doctor for ABCD and uh, I'm going to be asking them about ABCD. Uh, you're there. I appreciate you coming in with me. Uh, I would like you to, you know, make note or listen carefully to what they tell me uh, so that, you know, I don't forget under all the commotion. Uh, but if I forget to ask a question, just remind me. Oh, by the way, Ruth, didn't you want to ask the doctor about and let Ruth ask the doctor about Um Unless you're dealing with someone who has Alzheimer's, then you do have to be hands-on, of course. Um, so you're giving the person their respect, their dignity, and you're, honor you're honoring them that they're capable. You're showing them that you feel that they're capable to manage their own affairs. That's fantastic. As we come to a close, do you have any closing thoughts for seniors or caregivers or both on how we can foster senior health and well-being. For caregivers, be sure you take the time to take care of yourself because it's not an easy job. Uh, it can be exhausting. You don't want to have a burnout. You're important too. And uh, that's whether you're an adult child or you're the partner of the person that you're taking care of or you're a professional caregiver. Um, respect that individual. Remember that they were an active participating person of society up until recently. Uh, perhaps they're in a bit of a post-surgery, they're in a medical crisis. Uh, things are starting to you know, deteriorate a bit but that doesn't mean they're incapable. So respect that and help them wherever you can and be patient, be patient, be understanding, be patient. This is, you look at this person as though it's your aunt, your grandmother, your grandfather, whatever. Um, and, and, you know, let's say you ask them to, well, you wanna put your blue shirt on, we're gonna go out and they put their orange shirt on, big deal. 
they put a shirt on. That should be the success. Um, For the senior, stay as actively involved physically and mentally. Both are equally important uh, because it's going to pay you big uh, benefits. Um, Don't be shy, ask for help. There's many, many people out there and the people who are running organizations for seniors or different services for seniors, it's because they have a compassion for seniors. I've gotten into it in the beginning. Um, If it's financial, look and see what's available to you. Now, one thing I would stress is that if you are a senior and you're only on your pension checks, now older seniors than me, say 80 and over, a lot of the women did not work back in those days, so they have no Quebec pension. They've got the old age pension, $579 a month is the basic. Now, unless they had a big mansion and they sold it, or the husband died, <clears throat> sorry, and left them all kinds of life insurance, they may not be well to do at all. And we know how the cost of everything is going up. Um, and they may have some money, uh, you know, not just the 579, but they should always, everybody should always, once you're a senior, whether you qualify, you don't qualify, and you know you don't, make your application to Service Canada, federal government, for the GIS, Guaranteed Income Supplement. They will assess your income tax return. If you qualify, you could get up to $1,000 a month more supplement, no penalty. If you don't qualify, the advantage is they will send you a letter saying you don't qualify. But once that file is open, every year in June, July, they go back and they reevaluate and relook at your income tax return. But maybe you don't qualify now, but in five years you do, but you forgot. Well, it's in the mechanism is working. And so I tell everybody, apply. The worst they can say is no, you don't qualify, but you might have a pleasant surprise in three years and five years. And all the difference in the world with somebody surviving or somebody being able to make it. They're never going to be rich, but they can at least make it. Yeah, because 579 is not going to get you very far at all. That's what everybody gets. That's the basic. When you hear people say, you know, like all the different programs that came out during COVID from the federal government, seniors were the second to the end on the list, and then the disabled people. Seniors got 200 or 500, 300 or 500, depending on their income bracket, and if they were a couple. Uh, Disabled people, I think, got 600. And we waited, both groups waited two months to get it. It wasn't instant like some of the other groups. And my MP, I'm on the seniors council with him, and he says, Ruth, you can't imagine how much flack we got when we said we want to do something for seniors. Well, they have a monthly income coming in automatically. So why would you do that? People do not know. People do not understand. Usually they need bifocals or glasses. They may need hearing aids. Their medication increases each year. They're paying the same for 
food and rent and hydro and internet, and they may be alone as somebody else is a couple. Uh, so they don't have it easy. Yeah. And you mentioned transportation too, and that's a need that I could imagine would have increased maybe in COVID. You don't want to take a bus with everybody else. You want to maybe take a taxi because you feel safer and you're going to need money for that as well. Yeah. You need money for that, especially if you have to take uh, do medical tests and that. I mean, most doctors are doing it by the phone, but there are times that you absolutely have to go in and have a medical test. Uh, but also it's the public transit. Uh, some, some spots, they have the shelter, but they don't have a seat. Other places don't have a shelter or a seat. I cannot get up on the train. I have two bad shoulders to pull myself up, but I've also had a hip and a knee replaced. So I cannot use the train, which would be ideal because it's close to my place. I get on it and it would take me right in. Uh, I can't do it. Why have they not, and it's not just for seniors, young mothers with strollers and toddlers. Uh, a student, high school student who went skiing on the weekend and, and fell and broke a leg or strained and sprained a knee, it's on crutches. Somebody post-surgery of any age. Uh, why do we not have adapted access to our public transit? We do on the buses, they can lower it and they can open it at the back, certain ones to let the wheelchairs in. But the commuter trains, now I'm hoping the new REM will be different. But, uh, you know, it is a problem. You know, finally, we're getting the elevators in the metros. You know? Long overdue. <laughs> Long you know? So overdue. it's things like that. And like we, we speak about it because we're seniors. And then I guess, you know, sometimes society says, Oh, the seniors again, but it's not just seniors. Some of the challenges that we face, there's many different levels of society that face it. Handicapped people, people with MS, uh, people who have lost vision or hearing, it's not just seniors, you know? So uh, it's, it's sensitivity and, and understanding. And just being compassionate and uh, feeling for our, our fellow citizen. Yeah, I agree. These are fantastic tips, Ruth. Thank you so much for coming to the Good Health Cafe. <laughs> well, I thank you for having me. I hope it uh, assists people and, uh, uh, you know, it, it is a benefit. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did please be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or send us a message on our website, thegoodhealthcafe.com. Did you know that The Good Health Cafe also has a blog? Subscribe to our mailing list on thegoodhealthcafe.com to get updates when new blogs or episodes are posted. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram too. See you in the cafe next time. Bye.